Welcome to The Bipod, a podcast about all things bisexual. I'm Evan, and my pronouns are they and them. And I'm Christina. My pronouns are she and her. We define bisexuality as experiencing attraction to people who share your gender identity and to those who don't. We welcome anyone who has any kind of relationship with or curiosity about queerness. The Bipod is an ad-free, community-supported podcast. You can support us for as little as $2 a month. To join the community or get more information about the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the bipod. This podcast is one piece of the long history of bisexual and queer discourse. We don't know everything. At all. We're here to be part of the conversation. Let's get into it. Christina. Hi, Evan. Hello. <laughs> um, very excited today for our Q&A episode. Yeah. Um, everybody at home asked us some questions and we have some answers. Everybody. Every- <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know it, but you asked you us. You also asked a question. Okay. Yeah. Some people at home. <laughs> um, some of these questions may surprise you. Um. I'm not looking at the list, so I think they'll all surprise me. <laughs> um, the vibe today is a bit chaotic. Um, Love it. And so that's what it's going to be. Bisexual um, chaos. Yes. That's the way to, to close the season. Yeah. Um, are you ready? Never. Okay. I'll wait. I mean, we, we can proceed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it bisexual to paint my nails blue? I saw Callie Torres do it on Grey's Anatomy, and it feels right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's in the, it's in the flag. Yeah. So. Also, this person says to paint my nails blue. So if you're a bisexual, everything <laughs> you do is bisexual. That's true. Congratulations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should paint my nails blue. I was thinking about painting my nails today. It was going to be purple just because that's the color I happen to have out. But Mm -hmm. I did think about it. Maybe we'll do that after. That sounds nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Also, some of these questions are asked anonymously, um, which they'll all be anonymous to the listener because I'm not going to read people's names. Um, But some of us need to work on the definition of a question. (laughs) That's all I'll say. (laughs) Some people just put their thoughts, which is okay, I suppose. But... (laughs) Um, they were providing a prompt instead of a question I mean someone (laughs) just said you have good style which is not a prompt (laughs) I guess they were inviting argument (laughs) I don't know (laughs) Uh, um, but this one is anonymous Uh, who was the last girl you texted ooh almost any other time the answer would be you Mm -hmm. um but just before you got here i texted uh my friend mercedes um so mercedes very good Mm -hmm. um well my mom just texted me (laughs) so i guess my mom yeah congratulations to you (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) um what is your favorite food sushi oh that's a good answer I mean, pretty much any, like, I also really love poke. Um, 
raw fish is my comfort food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How very California of you. Uh-huh. What's my favorite food? Ice cream? We were talking about ice cream I earlier. Do, I do like ice cream. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't eat raw fish. I do like vegan sushi, but I don't know that that's my very favorite. Probably ice cream. Um, These are some hard-hitting questions. They are. Actually, my favorite food is these lentils that I had one time <laughs> in Kenya <laughs> two years ago that I've been trying to recreate. You are, you do talk about them regularly. I do. I like look at the picture of my plate pretty often. Um, after that it might bad. be chapati. Oh, I do love chapati. Which you talk about also I regularly. talk about chapati. Christina yeah. went to Kenya and then was like, this is my personality now. Yeah. Kenyan food. <laughs> Honestly. Yes. And I have no regrets about it. Yeah. That's my favorite. That one specific time I had it. Uh, So good. Um, Okay, this one's a little bit longer. Uh, My cis straight partner feels so uncomfortable at pride events because of the biphobia we have experienced. He feels it's his fault I don't have community or why many queer spaces switch up on us once they find out he's my partner. I'm bi and gender queer. Um, This is a prompt. Perfectly fine that they didn't include a question. I think it's great that your partner is I guess cognizant of this like dynamic but also your partner isn't responsible for you not being welcomed it's unwelcoming people who are responsible Mm, yeah and so like I think it's good you know for someone to see like oh my partner is being treated differently because of my presence like, I think to not see that would be not either, as good. <laughs> yeah, like either willful ignorance or like, I don't just like, lack of awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, being clued into that dynamic, I think, is good. Um, but internalizing that isn't really helpful. Yeah. Which, you know, probably most things we internalize <laughs> aren't helpful, but like, <laughs> Um, I'm like trying to put m- myself in the position of the person who submitted this and like if I had a partner who I wanted to bring to something and they were like well I shouldn't go because like you'll be treated differently or you won't get invited back like I think that would also feel isolating mm. um And I'm just sorry that this person has experienced this. Um, yeah. Because that's not cool. Um, I don't want to victim blame at all. I do think there's an opportunity to look at, is there anything that your partner's doing that, like, is unwelcoming Mm, yeah um i think that is if this is something that's like it's probably not that and also i feel like we were just talking about a situation recently where we were like this is the example of the like straight boyfriend oh i know the example (laughs) i went to a donna missile show shout out to donna missile y'all gotta listen to her she's so good um 
and it was like a very horny show for some reason there were like a lot of people making out but they were mostly like visibly queer and i was like this is fine um (laughs) but i weirdly i ended up next to like a couple who i don't know their orientations but it was giving hetero energy and they like made out the whole time such that i was like are you watching the show she and we were in like the second row it was weird um and they were too close to me and it was too much pda and i was like like donna missile i think all her fans are like bi women and their friends um and so far i've not been proven wrong because i'm a bi woman who brings my friends to the shows (laughs) um and i told my friend i was like who's straight he was in a queer space and it was fine yeah um but i was like i'm not somebody ever who is like bi girl shouldn't bring their boyfriends but this particular situation if that's what's going on that man should have been somewhere else i didn't like it <laughs> um that's a personal preference that they can do whatever they want yeah but i was like watch the show anyways that's a tantrum you were saying but that is yeah that's <laughs> what i was thinking of is like um yeah like just being cognizant of like is there some extra dynamic here that like might be creating those feelings um yep those are my thoughts yeah yeah i think that's a good point um i also i wonder if the partner in question has like attended queer events outside of this relationship and like Mm. if he not that he necessarily like needed to have that on his resume um (laughs) but if um that would give him a little bit more context like, yeah. if he was at a queer event and was like, oh, like, I feel th- this way, I'm treated this way, I'm moving this way, how is that different or the same as when I show up with my partner? Or, like, how do I feel? Am I comfortable, right, like, yeah, in this setting? Um, if there is, like, a queer space where straight people can be, um, that could be interesting to explore. Um, and I also think it's, like, worth talking to your queer community about. Mm-hmm. Um because someone might say like, oh, like, yeah, this, you know, there's this dynamic that's happening that we don't feel comfortable with. Or also it's an opportunity to be like, you know, figure out who is in your corner and just sort of like address those sticky things. But yeah. Um, in our conversation um, with Lucy, of mm-hmm. Lucy and Lemaire. Um, she talked about how like she was treated differently in her community um, depending on the gender of her partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to hear someone talk about that a little bit, um, maybe have a little moment of solidarity, that would be a good episode to look at. The other thought that I just had is um, this listener didn't say anything about like their feeling. So I'm gathering that they wanted us to talk about like, their partner's experience mm-hmm. um but i'm hoping i hope that your partner has a space where they can process this outside of you mm-hmm. um or that you're getting the opportunity to equally process whatever feelings you might be having as a queer person who is being excluded from queer spaces because of your partner um because like I would not it's not that your partner's feelings don't matter they do your relationship is important and it should be welcomed and validated Mm -hmm. and um 
queer people shouldn't be responsible <laughs> for making their straight partners feel okay yes. about these kinds of weird experiences. Like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, we should have space to process with people um, who are not directly within the experience. I forget that sometimes, but it is good. We're not all responsible for everybody's feelings. Um, but yeah, I wonder like if you or your partner has have any other like straight friends who have had a similar experience that you could talk to. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like everybody in this from this very limited anonymous <laughs> message sounds like everyone is like you know thinking about uh each other's feelings but um and it seems like his discomfort is about the way that his partner is treated and not being in a queer space yeah um but even so like you said like i hope that the person who wrote in has some queer processing space and that also that the partner has other resources so that partners not having to carry all of that yeah because like having to make straight people feel better about experiences of uh discrimination is not <laughs> like the thing yeah that's not the thing <laughs> yeah yeah um I feel like there's a lot more that we could like say about this. So maybe we'll have to yeah. like make a, a note for potential episode discussion. Yeah. Maybe we could like have uh straight people in relationships with queer people like write in. Do we have enough of those? We'll have to think about how yeah. we approach that. Yeah, do I wanna Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll think about it. We'll workshop yeah. it. We'll um, let y'all know. Yeah, because I think uh like mixed orientation relationships. We get a lot of questions about them and I personally am in one, and, you know, it's a thing to navigate. I have been in the past, so. Yeah. But always aspiring to be in a not-mixed orientation relationship, so uh -huh. if any other bi people out there are like, I would love to date Evan. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't an appropriate use of our podcast platform, but. I think it is. Please <laughs> leave that in. <laughs> yeah. Um send in your um your best pickup lines to get them to go on a date with you <laughs> honestly if our podcast gets you dates i love that um okay next question switching up the vibe because again we're chaotic today yeah um i have covid i'm sorry you have covid uh any show recommendations i hope that by the time this episode comes out you do not still have covid yes um well, have you watched Half Bath? <laughs> have you heard the good word? <laughs> um, I would start there. The problem with this question is, yeah, I have a million recommendations, but I don't know what you watch, yeah, stranger on the internet. Yeah. Um, I have recently been watching Strange New Worlds, which is a new, it's the one of the newest Star Trek shows. Um, Love Star Trek. Would recommend that if this person. I didn't know that about you. It's like a new-ish, like in the last, well, I watched a lot of Star, I took a philosophy through science fiction class in college, which was excellent. And we mm -hmm. watched a lot of Star Trek 
in that class and then also just like reruns on TV and stuff. So it was sort of like existed in my brain and I had more new more knowledge than I realized. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting into the newer Star Trek shows and was like, I know what this thing is referencing because as I said, I had more knowledge than I realized Um, and actually did uh, on my previous podcast, Casually Obsessed, did a two part episode about star trek picard so yeah i'm a star trek fan have been watching one of the new shows really liking it really love spock um which is not a thing i would have uh necessarily anticipated (laughs) um but he's played by ethan peck gregory peck's grandson wow yeah that's nice yeah so anyway yes have been watching star trek things and then I'm currently watching the last season of Nancy Drew, um, which I like a lot. It's um, a supernatural take on Nancy Drew. So in the beginning, it's like unclear. She's very like, there's a logical explanation for this. And it turns out the logical explanation is ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's older. She's like post high school. So it's a more mature it's a cw yeah. show so. that's been on my list for a while should watch it i'm a fan there's also like a really great um couple on that show that i just absolutely love and i'm not gonna mention it on account of it would be spoilers for someone like just starting the show mm. but um if anyone out there is a nancy drew fan um let's talk <laughs> That's your second bid for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But That's a show where I don't think anyone. No one. Is explicitly bisexual, but I'm like, I mean, I think you're all yeah. bisexual. I haven't really seen the show, but I read the books when I was a kid. I like loved them. Mm-hmm. Um, And I had a crush on her friend. Was it George or Georgie? Yeah. The girl. I feel like her and Bess were getting it on. I don't know. <laughs> that was the vibe that I had <laughs> in my child books. <laughs> um, yeah, I famously watch less TV than you. So <laughs> I do have some recs. Um, when I had COVID, I watched uh, Killing Eve. And that was great. Highly recommend. Um, yeah, a show we were supposed to watch together and then you just watched it all. Oh, I didn't. I watched it again with you. Well, now, like... <laughs> <laughs> now we we're definitely talked about it you totally knew <laughs> i th- i think i thought there was I another season the first season of killing yeah. eve but i hadn't watched all of it so it was like we were gonna oh. watch when you caught up to where i was we were gonna watch together and oh. then instead you just watched i'm it sorry all. i just sat on my couch and watched <laughs> an entire season in one day but i would rewatch it now that my brain is less foggy i'm sure there's things i missed well, now I only have like two episodes left, and so I have to, oh. you know, wait six years before I can finish it. I feel like I just didn't want to wait six years. Maybe well, I wouldn't. I that <laughs> wouldn't have happened had we watched it together. I'm sorry, you all have to hear this at home. I know Friday. it's really hot, um, and I feel like we're yeah. getting unhinged. I came here unhinged. Um, I'm getting unhinged then from the heat. <laughs> um, but yeah, Killing Eve. Um, I also recently just spent some time out of state with one of my friends where I just like had a lot of downtime which was nice and I started rewatching Psych which is a show that I loved as a kid 
Um, I wouldn't say that it like holds up, but it was a really fun rewatch. So if you're looking for something fun, uh, and mostly mindless, and uh, you know how it ends every time. Yeah. If you want, um, I guess I have two other recommendations. Um, Good Trouble is a show I like a lot. Also has um male bisexual representation and wow he's so hot um a character named gael um that's a show that has many great things going for it and um i was behind and so recently watched a bunch of it uh so good trouble and single drunk female is a show that i really like and recently learned that it was canceled after the second season so i'm very sad about that um, but it's a great show about uh, a woman in her early 20s getting sober after having like a big flame out at like ostensibly BuzzFeed. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she has to like move home and live with her mom. Um, and it's just about her like trying to get her life together and is both very funny and also um, like really gets into sobriety and like taking responsibility for yourself and just like how to be a person in the world when it's hard oh oh also bisexual the main character on that show is bisexual oh great yeah they should have called it single drunk bisexual (laughs) (laughs) very good hopefully like we said you don't need these recs anymore because you don't have covid anymore but but you could watch them unsick true (laughs) well (laughs) sure (laughs) um okay have you ever been fired from a job i have you have Uh uh-huh do you want to share anything about that experience um it really sucked and also very grateful yeah it was definitely like not the right situation for me at that point in time Mm -hmm. but i would have loved to have not been fired right (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, I would have loved a different means of exiting yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever been fired. I've quit a lot of jobs, like, quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in mostly grad school, I guess, I had a rule where I would get a job and, like, try it for two weeks. Uh-huh. And at the end of that two weeks, if I didn't like it, I would, like, be like, okay, I, I did, the, I tried enough. Yeah. Um. And I probably left like four or five jobs like within <laughs> um, just because I was like, it needs to like work with my weird grad student schedule and yeah. things like that. Um, that might be an exaggeration. It was maybe three or four. It doesn't matter. That's the past. Um, but yeah, I've quit a lot of jobs, but I actually don't think I've been fired. There was a job where I gave notice, but it sort of felt like being fired because I gave notice and then they were like well we looked at the payroll period and actually it makes sense to just have today be your last day and i was just like oh oh (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) i've had like contracts end and then not be renewed but not in a i don't know yeah yeah well very good okay um can i have a dollar sure that was one of the questions from someone um, <laughs> positive. Uh, um, where do you see yourself per, uh, personally and professionally in five years? Um, 
It's interesting that those were separated out into like t- into two. In my mind, like that's yeah. the the that's person says personally slash professionally. Mm. So I put in the separation. You put in the separation. I'm sorry, my bad. No, I mean some people have more separation between work and their their self. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Um. I have to formulate that into a response. Do you have a um something um, you want to say? Yeah. Five years, I'm like, it'll be 10 degrees hotter and we'll all be... Let, we're, not, <laughs> we're not talking about where you see yourself in terms of climate crisis. Okay. Okay. No, you're right. Um, okay. I'll be 33. Um, personally, probably married. Um, I'll probably inform the government of my relationship. Um, I'll probably be at the job that I have now. I like it. Um, I have, uh, there's like a path toward a more s- like kind of specialized role that I'm interested in. So, mm-hmm. um, might be there or might be still on the path to there, but I feel good about that. Um, probably won't be teaching on the side anymore. Um, and I hope to still be doing this podcast. Yeah. I plan to be. Um, five years from now, I will be almost 36. Wow. I will be in my mid-30s. Wow. Weird. <laughs> um, I would love to be, um... In a stable housing situation, mm-hmm. I don't know what that will look like, but I mentioned this because I have been for the last couple of years, which has been amazing. But prior to that was not. And that was very unamazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if I will necessarily be in this same place five years from now. Um, but yeah, it would be very nice to have a, a home. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And I would like to be um, self-employed five years from now doing a mix of um, podcasting and writing and some like freelance contract work stuff. And yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. This feels attainable. I think you can do it. Yeah. Um. Any advice for the non-confrontational on confrontations? Um. Okay. So, <laughs> conflict, unavoidable part of life. Mm-hmm. The idea that we can avoid conflict is just like nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um. And actually, conflict can be very generative mm-hmm. and make our relationships stronger. Mm-hmm. And every situ, every long term situation, and every relationship will have conflict yes. in it. Um, I say this because these are things that I didn't know at one point, mm-hmm. and it's been very <laughs> meaningful to just acknowledge that. Um, something that I have been doing in my closest relationships 
is having conversations about how we will deal with it when we have conflict. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you and I have talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something I have talked about with um, one of my other business and creative partners. Um, And that like, it feels like an awkward conversation to initiate, but then is like such a relief to have already talked about. Yeah. So, I don't know if this person is asking this question because they already have some situation that they're in, but I think some like proactiveness makes your life easier. Yeah. Um, also being able to tend to your own emotional state. Yeah. Um, because like, even if you are, even if you're having a conflict with someone that you really trust and you feel really safe with, uh, it's still very possible to have a lot of, your body like doesn't necessarily know the things that your mind does. And oh, so yeah. like having the emotional response of like, I'm unsafe. Conflict is bad. Whatever. Um, being able to self-soothe and regulate makes dealing with conflict much more manageable yeah. in my experience. Um, I could talk about this extensively because this is one of my like areas of interest in skill building now in my um, activism work. But um, I've said a bunch of things now. So would you like to say <laughs> some things? Um, I agree with what you said. Um, conflict is avoidable. I do think that like more often than we think, confrontation can be avoided, like at least in terms of like the way that we because to me, confrontation is like, I'm going to confront you with something. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's what this person means. But like conflict resolution can just look a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, if it is like a professional situation and you feel uncomfortable or unsafe, like you can speak to that person directly or you can like pull in a resource like, you yeah. know, a third party or something and like that can help with conflict management and that can be better than that can be feel more possible and more productive than um confrontation um and also like thinking about kind of what your goal is Mm -hmm. in the confrontation because i think sometimes like um if i say like i don't there's you can't solve this thing you did something to hurt my feelings and I just need to say that this is what happened. That can feel like a confrontation because I'm saying something that is hard and important. Yeah. Um, but also to say like, I just want you to know this information. I don't expect a response now, ever, whatever it is. Um, but like, here's the thing. That's very different from being like, I need to have a conversation with you and you need to be available for some kind of dialogue. So like thinking for yourself, before you talk to the other person um like what is your goal what do you actually want to happen what's the big picture and then planning the confrontation or the conversation around that yeah I think can be very helpful um but it also takes some of the unknowns out yes yeah um also you can practice having conversations yeah uh you can write down what you want to say beforehand and also something that has been really powerful for me um, is not being honest or not expressing your boundaries or not 
dealing with conflict is a mechanism of trying to control other people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can you say more about that? Yeah. So <laughs> um, if you think about like, oh, if if I'm like, well, if I tell Christina that I was hurt when she did this thing, she might feel she might get angry about that and I don't want her to get angry so I'm not going to say anything Mm -hmm. so what I am trying to achieve is controlling your reaction Mm -hmm. and we do that for lots of reasons like maybe we grew up in a environment where like our parents like them being upset with us was either physically or emotionally unsafe Um, we might have had that experience with partners we might have had that experience in the workplace um but like ultimately and there are some situations where like yeah if you're gonna be like in truly like in danger then like that it makes sense but oftentimes it's more just like well I don't want this person to behave in this way so Mm -hmm. I am going to control them by withholding Mm -hmm. this information that's a very helpful reframe yeah yeah I'm gonna use that Yeah, and I think that, like, we just don't have the opportunity, most of us, to, like, develop the skills of communicating boundaries in a way that doesn't feel, like, harsh or Mm -hmm. bad Um, early in life. Like, we just, I've certainly, I had to explain to my mother what a boundary was (laughs) once. Um, And we have talked about it off and online. Yeah. um, Sort of about, like... The way that um, boundaries and expectations that are clearly communicated can actually make it possible to be closer to each other. Yeah. Um, And I also think that having those um, preemptive conversations also can set you up for a conflict or confrontation. Because, like, I feel comfortable that if we're in a conflict and I say, hey, I need to talk to you about something, you're not going to, like, I don't know throw a big tantrum or something yeah um or that if you are i mean i guess i feel comfortable that you're not but or like if you're gonna have a big response like i don't feel unsafe about that yeah um and you have the ability to say like this is not a good time for me right now or this isn't really the right setting let's do it this way or whatever it is um like we sort of have language we're having a conversation in our relationship about how we treat each other sort of like a meta conversation um and i have been in many different kinds of relationships where that just like didn't exist and so confrontation just felt like i was walking into a complete mystery when actually Mm -hmm. you can sort of like yeah set that up yeah um i think the other thing that i would add that has also (laughs) been very powerful for me is um there's no like you can't like formulate the perfect thing to say to someone to like make them respond the way you want them to, which is again like I've tried that perfectionism <laughs> and trying to control the other person and like yeah. yes, there are better ways to hit, there are things that are maybe more effective, but also like trying to figure out like okay, well if I talk to this person at this time and I say it in exactly this way, then they will respond in this way, and then I can have the experience that I want to have. Mm-hmm. and that's just like not there 
you can't control other people. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, be thoughtful about how you want to talk about something, what you want to get out of it. But ultimately you also have to let the other person have the experience that they're going to have. Yeah. And go from there. And you can't perfect your way out of human beingness. Uh, but if only we could. <laughs> I, know. I know. Very good. All right. What's our next question? Um, it's another heavy hitter. <laughs> uh, thoughts on gender performativity, personal experiences, impact on people slash society. Well, <laughs> we have an episode. We do. About gender um, and talking about a great book about gender so i would probably say listen to that episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) i guess if this person has listened to that episode and they were asking for a follow-up i think that's more than could probably be encapsulated oh you don't have just like a one to two sentence response about i know a hot take gender performativity (laughs) um i don't if you can believe it um i can't something that we have talked about doing an episode about but haven't done yet that I would love for us to get to at some point is um, to talk about like queer aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps in that episode we'll be we'll be able to speak yeah. uh, more in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about? Do you have a <laughs> a quick take? I do not. No. Um, yeah. I have. I suppose I have complex thoughts, but like you said. We have, um, I'll put a link to that episode maybe in the description. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, gender is theater, so perform as you wish. Yeah. Um, It's all made up and the points don't matter. True. The rules are made up and the points don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how can you tell the difference between romantic and platonic feelings for a same-sex friend? Well, if you're me, you can't. (laughs) um that's not totally true but again corporate easy to find the difference between (laughs) these two photos um we also did an episode sort of about this in our attraction i think though i guess some of the things that i would i that i would think about are like does this distinction matter like Mm -hmm. Are you going to try and date this person? Because if you're not, again, does it matter? Um, And then if you are someone that experiences sexual attraction, I would think about, do I want to kiss this person or do other physical intimate activities with them? <laughs> intimate activities. Um, <laughs> there's a whole range of things. There is a range of things. Um, <laughs> And I guess the part two of that question would be like, how does that compare to other people? Because you might be like, sure, I would kiss this person, but I would kiss pretty much anyone, in which case that's maybe not useful information. Yeah. So you might have to like, what's the next step? Um, Do you want to grocery shop with this person? Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great question. Yeah. And then. I think sometimes um, you parse that out 
experientially. So mm-hmm. like if you're sitting next to your friend on the couch and your legs touch, like does that feel thrilling or are you just like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. Those are things that you could maybe gently engineer a little bit to see maybe like how you feel about those things. Yeah. Also, depending on the type of uh, relationship you have, maybe you could just have a conversation yeah. with your friend. And if they're like, I also feel confused about this, then maybe you can make out. Yeah. Like, how does say, that feel? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I also, th- I think, um, kind of like what you said is like thinking about how will it or or will it in general like affect your relationship with that person? Because um, that can sometimes be tricky. Like if you have uh, specific kinds of feelings for a friend that they don't return, like that can put distance between you or that could be uncomfortable or like that can, you know, be not great. Um, and so like in those cases, sometimes it is useful to like articulate your feelings to yourself so that you can do what you need to do to like you know move forward and do what you want Mm -hmm. um but if it's the kind of thing where like it it's like not gonna affect your friendship you're sort of like i might have like a small crush on this person keep crushing yeah people are hot what are you gonna do about it yeah take them grocery shopping (laughs) (laughs) um where are all the bi boys hiding I mean, that's a question I've been asking myself as yeah. well. <laughs> um, I mean, under layers of like patriarchal influences, probably mm. the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, probably the short answer. Yeah, yeah. If you put that into Google Maps, it'll take you right there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I I know some of the dating apps, um, at least if you're on like a paid version, there's a lot more like filtering capabilities. Um, I don't know which ones will let you filter by orientation, but I do think that is a feature that exists in the world. I feel like I have like seen that. Yeah. So... You might be able to just filter for <laughs> bisexuals and mm-hmm. then um, that's how you find them. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we have any bi boys at home who want to be heard, I guess, let us know. Yeah. Um, or if you know where everyone's hiding, please <laughs> write in. Would love to throw a party. Um, what's a positive change in yourself? From when you first came out versus now. I mean, literally everything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Y'all did not want to know me Ah. um, that many years ago. I mean, we've talked on the show before. um, I feel like just making the show has made me feel more comfortable and at home with myself and like as a bisexual person. Yeah. Um I gaslight myself a lot less. Mm-hmm. Like still sometimes, but yeah, mostly I'm just like yeah, this experience that I think I'm having is the experience that I'm having. Mm, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I think also um like you and I just had this conversation offline about like um 
when other people have opinions about like our gender or orientation and like I don't believe in that it's like what you don't believe that I have feelings like yeah. I don't, um <laughs> nobody asked you I think it's easier now for me to be like that's so silly yeah um <laughs> to be like I don't believe that other people are having an experience like okay <laughs> sure I guess you can like yeah um <laughs> Uh, but I think I also feel more like kind of along those lines is is like maybe conservative stranger you're right there are only two you can either be straight or gay or maybe you can only be straight and everyone else is confused but like why do you you care (laughs) like if it's so natural Um, why do you gotta police it yeah, like I think I feel much more comfortable being like, sure, yeah, uh, I guess, um, I could be, ro- but like, why does that? Why do you? What does that matter yeah. to you? Like, um, <laughs> a lot of people are wrong about a lot of things. Um, we still let people do Groundhog Day, <laughs> and that doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I like, I feel that. I feel a lot more at peace where I'm like, if you want to live in a world where I'm straight that's fine i don't live there so see you never yeah but like <laughs> i don't have to prove that to you i also feel like um when i first like came out i was like so eager to like have experiences with women that i was like dating and seeking people who like i really just wasn't compatible with um and so like regardless of their gender it like wasn't great because yeah. i was just like putting too much pressure on the connections because I was like, if I'm with the woman, that means that I am like actually queer, which is not true. And I know that now. Um, And I also just like, didn't really feel like a confident bisexual to go back to Lucy. Yeah. Um, Because I was like in situationships where I was like, we actually don't have anything in common. Why am I like doing this? You know? Um, And I feel like now I'm sort of like, I do occasionally gaslight myself, but most of the time I'm like, this identity is true and it has everything to do with me and very little to do with other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a positive change. Mm-hmm. Why? This question says, why am I so insecure that I don't come off queer? Um, I know the person who asked this question and I just want to say that you absolutely do come off as queer, um, but we can still speak to the insecure part. Yeah. Um, probably because, um, we're being asked to perform our identities for other people's benefit, um, and being undermined by a culture that doesn't believe that we exist. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's probably why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, I do think like it is, um, because we still live in a homophobic, like queer phobic culture, um, it's very easy to like be disconnected from the queer people that are around us because we like mm. don't know that there are queer people around us. Mm-hmm. Um and so signaling in our aesthetic or our behavior or whatever is a way to like 
be in like show ourselves off to try and find other people in our community Mm -hmm. um and so like it does serve a purpose in that way but also you're queer no matter what you look like or dress like also the other thing is now so many straight people have adopted queer signaling that like I mean, I know. understand. We're very cool. But very, like that person did say we have good style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it does make it hard. Yes. I j- um, just had a friend tell me a story recently about like they were sort of like flirting with someone. Um, and this person was like giving off all the like queer signals. Um, and then asked this person for their number and then this they were like i'm straight Ugh. and i was like i i don't doubt this person's orientation but i feel like based on what you've said <laughs> i think they were looking for something yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's like when you go to um like a an aces concert and you're like okay which one of you <laughs> Um, everyone's like wearing the same outfits and you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and the question of like, why uh, am I insecure about it? I think you've spoken to is like, it is important to like find community and like be seen by each other. Um, yeah. So it's, understandable that that is important yeah to you should i'll just start like wearing like name tags mm-hmm. except they just say like queer yeah or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should make up a secret handshake <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean yeah. we could go back to wearing um like handkerchiefs and bandanas in our back pocket the various colors and patterns i guess yeah there's a lot of there's a whole code though then that you have to learn mm-hmm. and it's complicated yeah the name tag one might work yeah (laughs) (sighs) um great we have one more question um what like we got we did yeah um what else are you working on right now what else am i working on right now well i've mentioned on the show before my book um and i am back to working on that uh so that's the thing I'm working on that I hope to have in a condition to like send out into the world relatively soon. Mm. Um, relatively. Um, and then also something that I have not talked about on the show is I am starting a business um, with my friend Mercedes, who was already mentioned in this episode. Wow, a callback. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we designed a paper planner. Mm-hmm. Um, and later this year that is going to be available for sale. Um, so excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's been very cool to work on. Um, and that's something that I've been, we started working on that in November. Um, so it has been a big project, but very exciting. It will also be very cool to have like physical good Mm -hmm. in the world because 
pretty much everything I do is digital. And um, this will be a thing that people can hold in their hand. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and I'm sure that we will keep talking about it on the podcast so that yeah, people can know where they can find it, support you, mm-hmm. all of that. All the planner babes. Yes. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Great. What about you? What are you working on? Um, what am I working on? Myself. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, always. My personal boundaries. Yeah. And my communication skills. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I am also working on my second collection of poetry, which I have been working on for a very long time. I mean, um, it feels long to you, but it's really not that. That's long. true. <laughs> it feels like it's just eons. Uh, uh. My first book came out in 2022. I was like, what year are we in now? Um, on my birthday, so about a year ago. Um, I've been working on this collection for like a couple of years. Um, and it's, I talked about it on the episode with AJ. It's like not quite coming together the way that I thought it would, which is frustrating, but also like interesting as an artist. The sophomore um, slump. The sophomore slump. There you go. That's yep. what it is. Um, but I have over the summer, like had some more energy around it. So I printed off the r- most recent version at Staples just a couple days ago um, and intend to go through it at some point in the next couple weeks. Um, but that's been nice to like get back, um, get back into. But that's my main thing right now. Exciting. Yeah. Very good. Um, I will get to read this one. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> you s- you've already oh, said it to, it to you. Yeah. I was like the gonna, last one that I, I just had to read you. it when I was out in the world. Yeah. I'm um. sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly don't know how that happened. Although I was in like a manuscript group at the time. So I guess I had only a few people outside of that group read it before it was going to the world. I think we just got to a point where we both talked about our books so much <laughs> that I don't know. We just didn't. But yes, yeah. you, you can read this one because... You in fact have a copy of it, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, working <laughs> on books. Yeah, yeah. And myself, I <laughs> Um. Also, I'm preparing for like a lot of new babies in my life. I have like four friends who are having kids in August, so um, I'm not, you know, the lead on any of those projects, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but sort of like, particularly for one friend who was very close to me, like. Uh, preparing to be around to be supportive um, mm-hmm. in the early days of childbirth. So that's been yeah. exciting. That's cool. Just out here doing things. Yeah. Not to brag, but <laughs> we leave the house sometimes. We do occasionally leave. <laughs> um, but most of the work we do is probably in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually leave like to come to your house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this um, is the last episode of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be gone for a little bit. Um, if you're missing us, um, you can find us over on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some bonus episodes, um, including like a very horny crush episode. <laughs> that like I just think it's the best plug I could uh. give. If you if you think this is unhinged, just wait. Um, we're over there. Um, the newsletter will still come out um, end of every month. Um, so you can find that um, in the episode description. Um, and yeah, we'll be banking some episodes, working on some new content. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we hope that you um I don't know listen to these episodes again send them to your friends you know yes send them to your friends yeah stay with us during the break um spot them on your tiktok or yeah wherever you are you have tiktok you want to put us in your thread yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah thread about us (laughs) oh god uh too many platforms Uh um but yeah um you know where to find us um stay connected and um we will be back in your ears before you know it well goodbye Thanks for listening to this episode. The Bipod is made possible by our patrons, including Bipod Babe level supporters like Christy Rodriguez Rivas and Shauna Austin. You can find us on Instagram at The Bipod and on our website, thebipod.com. This show is produced and edited by me. And our theme song is Coming Home by Snowflake. Um, yeah. Goodbye. Uh- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> first time we just totally buffed it uh, i thought you were gonna make the like well, well. yeah that's on me i'm gonna say well this time okay